If you're looking for a podcast to give you comfort in these troubling times. Oh gosh, if you find one, would you let us know? We would appreciate it. Really, really. However, this is not that podcast. This uh, is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple gets together each week taking turns selecting movies, TV shows, or documentaries to watch. We watch them together. Then we sit down and discuss whether we like them, love them, or love them, and we share that conversation with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. Follow the podcast at CT Marriage. Contact us via email, ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com, or just click the link in the description of this episode and leave us a voice message. Joining me as always is the person for whom life has formed itself around, like like a cocoon around a butterfly that is changing from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And, and right now I'm a big mess of goo. That's what happens to the caterpillar before it turns into the butterfly. It becomes a big mess of goo inside the cocoon. I'm I was, a big gooey mess in a cocoon. I was going <laughs> to do something a bit warmer and more romantic, but... It's okay. Okay, I am joined as always by my big mess of goo, my other half. Maud the Loving Broad. And it was Maud's choice of film this week. Maud, why don't you tell everybody what we watched? We watched Loving. Um, it was a film from 2016. Um, uh, Wikipedia calls it an American biographical romantic drama. It um, it is based um it takes its inspiration from the loving story from 2011 by nancy burski um that was a documentary which follows the lovings and their landmark case um loving versus virginia which um went all the way to the supreme court and um made marriage between white people and non-white people um constitutionally constitutionally legal mm -hmm. in in america um the lovings were um a couple who um had been seeing each other um dating they lived in virginia they became pregnant and so they went to washington dc to get married um richard loving um was white and mildred um, Jeter Loving was depicted as um, African American. However, um, I'm looking under a different tab here. Um, uh, Mildred's grandson um, describes her not as African American um, as portrayed in the film. Um, but rather Native American as Rappahannock Indian. Um, I read someplace else that she was part Rappahannock, part Cherokee, um, part 
um, African American and part Portuguese. So um, multiracial is is what she was. But um, in 1958, it was illegal for them to be married. They got married in D.C., came back to Virginia, started to set their life up together, and were um, harassed, arrested, jailed, um, told um, that they could get their sentence suspended and be let go with parole um, if they promised never to either never to live together again as husband and wife in Virginia or to leave the state and never come back for 25 years. Um, they ended up getting caught together again because they came home, um, they left briefly and came home for her to have their child and um, his mother was a midwife, according to the film at least, and um, she wanted his mother to deliver their baby, and in the movie, they came home, she did, and they got in trouble again. And so they ended up leaving Virginia, um, at least leaving the county, Caroline County, where they lived. They ended up leaving there and going to live with, um, it appeared to be some friends of the family or distant relatives, cousins or something, um, in a place where it was safer for them to be. Well, they, they went back to Washington. Was it Washington? Yeah. I was, I didn't know if it was D.C. or someplace yeah. in Maryland. Yeah, um, D.C. So they lived there for some time and then, um, had two more children and um, a tragic turn of events that could have been much worse actually sends them back to Virginia. Um, their children don't have any um, grass, any fields, any open space to play in. So they're playing in their neighborhood. And, and vacant they, lots and stuff like vacant that. Vacant lots and in the streets. And their middle child gets hit by a car. Now, the, the child is not badly hurt and, you know, recovered and everything. But at that point, Mildred decides, she's like, I can't live like this anymore. I'm packing my bags. I'm taking the kids back home. Um, and they get hooked up with an ACLU lawyer who um, doesn't have much hope of their case um, making any traction in Virginia, but he does eventually see it as possibly making its way to um, the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. which, as we all know, it does, mm -hmm. and um, legal change ensues. For a movie that is, you know, it's about this couple but it's also about this civil rights struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, and they live, at least originally, in a Virginia county where, um, Caroline County, which, uh, you know, the sheriff and, um, even though the county is, at least a section of it, is very integrated because, mm -hmm. um, you know, he... Uh, he hangs out and you know works on cars and rakes races cars richard loving does um with um 
her family. Mm-hmm. And Jeters. he spends most of his time with people of color. Yes. Whether they're black or Indian or whatever. And, um, and even though there is this, you know, racist white leadership, uh, there is this little bubble of calm and integration. Yeah, there's a pocket of the county where um, this extraordinarily racist law enforcement person um, is denigrating this pocket of the community, saying, you know, this nobody knows what they are up there. They're, it's a bunch it's, of mixed blood, and nobody knows what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Because, you know, apparently there's... He gives the rundown of, of the various um, ethnicities that that live in this community. And uses slurs to do so. There's yes. There's a little bit of triggering language in this movie. And surprisingly little of the Sur- N-word. Surprisingly, yeah. But, uh, but see, that's, that's kind of the thing about this movie. The... You, you expect them to have their house burned down. You know, some good old boys driving through and throwing Molotov cocktails through their windows and, and beating anybody who comes out. Uh, or when they get arrested, I, I just expected... Um, there to be violence. Him to, to get beat up, and maybe she gets roughed up a little bit, even mm-hmm. though she was very pregnant uh, when in the movie when they get married, or when they... Uh, when, when they, they get, get arrested. arrested. But it's it's mostly the fear of what might happen that pervades most of this movie. Um, you know, even when they get arrested the second time after she's had the baby, I just expected there to be, you know, some big blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just get brought before the judge and their lawyer shows up and lies and says, you know, I told them they could come home to have their baby. That was my fault. Yeah. Uh, and the judge just lets them go. I mean, they still have to leave. Yeah. But the judge lets them go, even though they had been threatened with a year in prison. And fine. And and fine. Well, they got fined anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's different than a lot of um, your civil rights struggles movies in that there's very little, well, there's actually no violence um, other than him getting, them getting pushed around when they get arrested. Yeah. You just expect in a story like this that they're going to try to beat you up by beating up the characters you're supposed to care about. But this movie doesn't do that. No, it for me it was more this this sort of undercurrent of desperation, fear res- and stress, resignation. Yeah. Um we're not bothering anybody, we're not hurting anybody, we just want to have a quiet, simple life and raise our children and be allowed to love each other. And that was uh what Richard was particularly fighting what well, that's just what he wanted he wasn't he didn't want to fight this fight he i don't think that he saw the big picture the way that mildred true was able to 
he doesn't want to and then you know once it starts moving through the courts he he doesn't want to to do press interviews he he you know this these people show up at his house and are interviewing his wife mm -hmm. about it and he's he's not happy he just wants everybody to to go away and just leave wants him alone to, yeah just, just wants, wants to be, be left, left alone, alone. Just, just leave me to my life and my kids and my in my in my house and my land and working on cars. I, he's, he's he's a simple man. Not that he's stupid, but he's there's there's very little over and above what's immediately around him that he wants. And like you said, he doesn't see the bigger picture. But I also think he doesn't want. To take the chance on that bigger picture collapsing on him and his family. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's he's he's a quiet, protective man. Yes. Um, I read someplace that um, one of their children was um, interviewed or being talked to about this film and said that these actors, um, Ruth Nega and Joel Edgerton. Edgerton. Mm -hmm. um, that they really, um, really got into what the actual people looked like, sounded like, mm -hmm. um, and they showed in the film um, a Life magazine photographer came to take their pictures and talk to them, and they show um, one of the photographs that he takes where um, Richard puts his, they're watching Andy Griffith and um, they're laughing gathered around the TV they're watching the Ain't Bee Pickle episode mm -hmm. which is immortal if you haven't seen it then go Google that and look mm -hmm. it up mm -hmm. um, but Richard puts his feet up on the couch and puts his head over on Mildred's lap and there's a the photographer takes that photograph kind of surreptitiously surreptitiously and a still frame is shown of that and then at the very end of the film the actual photograph that appeared in life magazine mm -hmm. um, is shown and it's you know very very much similar yes um so the 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 actors got uh, an a plus from one of their children mm -hmm. as far as you know looking and sounding like our parents yeah it both of them give a very understated performance yeah it very is, subdued it is very calm and inside yet at the same time you you see more on her face than on his but you see how this struggle and the fear of what it could lead to just weighs on especially him yeah but the constant stress and the stress of for her with her kids living up in washington where it's all concrete and asphalt and cars zooming by all times of the night yeah. um i mean the first night she's she's up there uh they are up there and you can hear the sounds of traffic noise mm -hmm. and people talking and music and she can't sleep because she's used to the sound of crickets mm -hmm. or cicadas um, and wind blowing through the crops. I mean, 
it's a it's an entirely different life than than she thought she would lead um, and it's all because of these awful laws that you know said somebody who was white and it may have been people of different colors or different races whether it's black and Asian or um, Native American yeah. and and whatever can't I, I don't know I probably it was white and I'm thinking it's else. Caucasian and not yeah so but these awful laws that were on the books until this case reached the Supreme Court and it took nine years for that to happen yeah uh, the wheels of what is the saying the wheels of justice grind exceedingly slow yeah. but sure something, something along that like line that. Um, of course, there's also justice delayed as justice denied, but you know, you can argue about our uh, judicial system. <laughs> Not that there's nothing to argue about. By the way, if you hear if you hear some low rumbling, we have a thunderstorm rolling through right now. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's like it's happening like everywhere around yeah, us. Yeah, that's true because I'm seeing that you can see sunlight or yeah. at least clear skies over there. And Sunset is happening, yeah. but we've got low, grumbly thunder. I, I think it's probably head south of us. That's usually what happens. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, if if you're if you're getting rumbles, that's what that is. That or my stomach, one or the other. Could be my stomach. Uh. So yeah, it's uh, it, the performances from from both Ruth Nega and um, Joel Edgerton are really spectacular really good yeah. and you know the some of the supporting characters are really good like the actress i don't know who she is but that plays his mother yeah she also has a similar temperament to him very quiet um but she also speaks her mind yeah like and not always in the in a good way uh like what were you thinking marrying her you knew better you knew better and uh and and her was that her brother or was that just a, a friend of theirs when they were at the uh, at the bar near the end near closer to the end of the movie where he says all you got to do is divorce her and you'll be fine. Um, That's I'm, not her brother. I'm not think. sure if that character was her brother or not. Her yeah. brother um, sitting at the table. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a there's a scene after. They've won a race at a racetrack, mm -hmm. um, and they're celebrating. Um, and I, I guess everybody's had a few shots already by the time we get to this scene. But you know, this guy who's a friend of of both um, Richard, Richard, and and uh, her family. Um, tells him that you know you could you could fix this. You're sitting pretty. All you got to do is divorce her. If you'll just leave her, then you'll be fine. I really thought that would be where a fight would break out. I thought so too. You see, again, this movie really does go against what you're thinking is going to happen. Your traditional expectations of this kind of film. Yeah, this is this is the this is a piece of the civil rights struggle really up close and personal. It's like a microcosm mm -hmm. um, focusing on these two people and um, their circle of family. Right. And Nick Kroll. 
Yes. Which Nick, surprised me. Nick Kroll, who, uh, you know, is very funny, uh, is one of the creators of Big Mouth on Netflix uh, and had his own show on Comedy Central for a few years called The Kroll Show. And he's often, you know, a supporting character or a, a, a quick in and out in, in movies. Mm -hmm. He's a quirky looking little dude. He is. Uh, but he plays uh, the ACLU lawyer, and and he does not know what he the the lawyer does not know what he's doing. He's very much wet behind the ears, and he's he's not he's not considering uh, all of the possible fallout for the Lovings mm -hmm. uh, as he tries to get this case heard by the original judge uh, who, if he knew they were back in Virginia, could possibly have them arrested again, even yeah. though they were living in a different county. Um, and he's, you know, he's, I don't know if he's trying to make a name for himself or he's trying to uh, be you know, create this new law by striking down an old, awful law, but... I think maybe some of both. Um, I think that he genuinely... The way Kroll portrays the character, I think that the, the attorney genuinely wants to help this couple. I think he wants to get his foot more solidly in the door with the ACLU because I think that he can see sort of more of what's coming down the pike and um and some making a name for himself too mm -hmm. i mean i you know i don't think that they're mutually exclusive goals he, yeah he plays the uh, aclu attorney bernie cohen mm -hmm. um and he um you know takes on this case after she writes Mrs. Loving writes a letter to Robert, to, Kennedy. to Robert Kennedy, who was the Attorney General at the mm -hmm. time, um, and he 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 says he can't do anything about it, but he passes it on to a guy he knows at the ACLU, mm -hmm. who passes it on to somebody else. Uh, but that's what gets the ball rolling, uh, and apparently that is true. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, yeah, Nick Kroll's very good. Um. Michael Shannon with that just that little short role. Yeah, of, he's of he's the, the Life magazine photographer. Yes, Gray Vallette or Valet. Valet. Um, he he has this very and you know normally Shannon plays a bad guy, uh, a crazy person. Yeah. Whether he's Zod from Krypton in Man of Steel or he's uh, the the um, the guy who's running the research facility where the uh, gill man is in the, in shape, the shape of, of water. water. He's, he's a terrible person pretty much every time he plays one of these roles. But this role is tiny. And you can see that the character at least has an affection for the lovings. Mm -hmm. He takes that, that one picture sort of surreptitiously where where they're on the couch and he he takes a photo of of her while she's washing dishes mm -hmm. but it's a close-up of her face um and you can tell that he he likes these people 
even a, though it's a tiny little roll. It's a small, um, it's a small roll, but memorable the way he does it. And you know, another actor could have just phoned it in, but oh, Michael yeah. Shannon doesn't. He doesn't tend to phone things in. No, he, which is cool. He, he, he can. He's also when he's playing a bad guy, he's one of those dangerous bad guys that's quiet and and within himself mm-hmm. until he pounces to make a kill or, or whatever. Um, it's uh, the the su- the supporting cast in this is is very very good. I. I really enjoyed everybody's performance. It's uh, you hadn't seen it before, had I you? I had not seen it. before. Okay, I had not either. So, um, I remember when it came out, and I think mm-hmm. I actually mentioned, um, I forget which what we were talking about, what movie, or or maybe something that we had watched, but um, I, I remember bringing up this case. I just couldn't remember the name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and I was, I was aware the movie had been out. I just hadn't seen it yet. It's well, available on Netflix, by the way. That's where we streamed it. Yes. Yes. And um, you can probably also rent it as well. I was three years old when the Supreme Court handed down its ruling. Mm-hmm. You were six-ish. Um or almost six, depending on when in 67 it happened. Uh, that probably would have been in the, f- might have been early in the year when they okay. announced it. Yeah. Of course, they're, they've they finished announcing all of their stuff. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I was five or six. Yeah, so this is not, this is not ancient American history by no, any stretch. No, not at all. This is recent, within our generation, American and, history. And, you know, even as I was growing up, there were few things that were as unusual for me to see as a mixed-race couple. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't, and it wasn't because... I just didn't didn't see it. It it wasn't common around here. Not not around here. We live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Grew up, born and raised here, and it didn't happen a lot. No, I remember um, there was. She was five or six years older than me, mm-hmm. so she would have been two or three years older than mm-hmm. you. Um, a biracial student at the local high school, mm-hmm. and you know, she, this beautiful girl. But everybody talked about her in hushed whispers because she was, you know, one of her parents was black. Mm. And um, I've always remembered that. Um, A, kids don't ask to get born. They don't pick their parents. They certainly, if they're born into some kind of controversy or something, they certainly don't ask for that. Well, and the controversy is an artificial one. Yeah. At least in that case. Yeah. Because, you know, it is the prejudice, prejudices of of the adults around them that make it controversial. Mm-hmm. It isn't the child, like you said, didn't ask to be born. No. Um, None of us did. And you know, it's it's uh, 
it strikes me as silly now, but that 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 these laws were even on the books. But knowing you know that there are crazy people running around um, who you know carry tiki torches and say they will not replace us, and yeah. they're they're taking all our jobs and and all the other garbage. Uh, that we we hear from people who haven't grown emotionally or socially past the 1940s. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it it's it it's still mind-boggling to me that there is so much effort put into trying to keep people down who are different. Yeah. Entire branches of government are in are just focused on that at the moment. Oh yeah. Um entire um you know political candidates have that as like their main platform. Because that, their parties have that as their platform, but what this is not a political podcast. No it isn't. Um but a lot of, with regard to the Loving versus Virginia case, mm-hmm. you know, those, that law and, you know, the laws related to it um, were a holdover from the days of slavery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of this is, yeah, especially involving race, is a holdover mm-hmm. from the days of slavery. Yeah, so um, we, we are a product of our times and we are a product in a lot of cases of where we live and um you know Maya Angelou said you know you sometimes you just don't know any better when you know better do better yeah that's a very loose paraphrase but um but anyway no there was there was a this movie I chose by design Mm -hmm. because of some some of the things that are um happening in our country at the moment and other things that threaten to possibly happen Mm -hmm. in our country so Mm -hmm. um this is this is a different take um on the civil rights story yes from a very you know pointed point of view Mm -hmm. so do do you think this the loving decision will ever be challenged? Challenged? Oh, heck yeah. Well. Not while, you know. Well, Clarence Thomas may not challenge it. But well, he, no, but they, some of his cohorts may. They can't, they can't, well, no, they're not going to, they're not going to turn on him like that. Because he's been a team player. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, maybe... I don't know when if it if it's an all white Supreme Court again, who knows? I, uh I it's the ramifications are terrifying. Rights that are given can be taken away. Um so be very, very concerned about what's to come. Um read, do research. Um, don't do research from just one ankle. Um, check people's voting records. Pray. Vote. 
get all your friends registered to vote. Mm -hmm. Except those that that still think in the 1940s. Oh my gosh! Then, then tell them, tell them the. Yeah. Uh, okay, Lord, <laughs> that that was a fairly big thunder right there. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, tell them the 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 elections the day after the election. Oh, that way, man. you know, maybe you can save a vote or two. I think All right. we should maybe take a break. I think we should. We'll come back and we will uh, give our ratings for Loving, as well as talk about what we've watched right after this. Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We watched the 2016 film Loving, uh, and it was Maude's choice. So, Maude, tell me, what do you think, what is the rating you're going to give for Loving? Um... I'm gonna give it a four and a half, um, only because for me, even for me, it was a little slow to get going. Um, I thought it was a wonderful telling of the story. Um, it has made me want to do more research about the actual case mm. and the actual people involved. Um, it was just a little slow, so uh, half a point off for me. It, uh, it does take its time. It seems like a lot of that time spent in uh, Washington, D.C., when they go back the second time, uh, was just to, so that we would see that she had two more babies. Um, and that time's passing. Yeah, even though they don't appear to change. Their kids get bigger, but the two main characters physically don't change much. No, pretty much no. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, they, it's a it's a bit slow in that regard, but the performances are fantastic. Really good. Uh, it doesn't, of course, you know the outcome, so there, there's not a whole lot of of tension as far as that. But it um, it does, I think, a pretty good job of building tension in those times when you're afraid that they're going to get caught and thrown in jail mm -hmm. or beat up or whatever. So, uh, yeah, four four stars from me. Um, I, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, Good, I'm glad. The film uh, had a $9 million budget. It didn't have a huge release. It uh, grossed $12.9 million. Okay. Um, it um, had, let's see here. Uh, the critical response was an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 79 out of 100 on Metacritic. Okay. Generally favorable reviews is what that goes to. Yeah, some award nominations. Some award nominations, but it wasn't a big, you know, Oscars film. I, I think, uh, let's see, when did it get released? It says the release date. Yeah, May, well, it was released at Con. In uh, May 16th of 2016, mm -hmm. it was released in uh, the United States November 4th. Okay. But, uh, you know, a, a movie of this size, un unless there's a big push by the studio to get it, you know. Out there. Yeah, four-year consideration campaigns, which I'm sure the studio didn't have a ton of money to spend on it. Yeah. Uh, it... Uh, uh, I don't. I don't believe it got nominated for much of anything, but you know the performances are terrific and, mm -hmm. and deserved recognition. Um. So, 
what have you been watching? Not much of anything. I've been reading a lot. Oh, so what have you been I'll, reading? I'll give a couple of shouts out to a couple of books. Um, over the weekend, the long holiday weekend, um, I had checked out from the library um, a couple of things. Um, I read a collection of short stories by Joyce Carol Oates called The Other You, um, and they were really good. Some kind of trippy, quantum, alternate universe, what-if kinds, mm -hmm. um, kinds of stories. Um, the book jacket, the way that the title reads is the and other is in parentheses, you, mm -hmm. the parenthesized others. Um, by Joyce Carol Oates, very good. Um, and I've been reading, um, I've been becoming familiar with Ann Patchett's writing lately, of course, Ann Patchett, co-owner of Parnassus Books in Nashville. Um, I read her book called Truth and Beauty, and what Truth and Beauty is, is the chronicle of her decades-long friendship with fellow writer um, Lucy Greeley. Lucy Greeley um, had Ewing sarcoma in her jaw when she was a child. Mm. And um, when she was a child, um, chemotherapy was not narrowly focused, laser sharp um, like it is now. Mm. Chemotherapy destroyed her whole face. Mm. And she lived the whole rest of her life in varying degrees of both physical and psychological pain, having multiple reconstructive surgeries on her face. Um, she and Ann Patchett meet as fellow writing students in college, and um, Ann knows who Lucy Greeley is, but Lucy Greeley doesn't really know who Ann is. And fast forward to a graduate school program where they become roommates and live the whole starving student mm -hmm. writer life. Um, they uh, become very bonded and um, they become each other's person. And um, the story is beautiful and shattering and visceral and um, it's a gorgeous read and I, I commented somewhere on Facebook that I had just finished reading Truth and Beauty and it wrecked me in a very good way. Hmm. So Truth and Beauty by Ann Patchett. Um, so that's a lot of what I've done recently. I've watched some stuff, but it's pretty much just what I've watched with you. Mm -hmm. So, Well, what you haven't watched with me is Baymax on Disney+. Plus. Is now, this like Baywatch? No. Baymax is a robot who is mostly a balloon. He's a humanoid-looking balloon. Okay. Uh, he is from the movie Big Hero 6. Okay. Now, you haven't seen that. No. It's a, it's a Marvel property. Okay. But it was released as an animated film, a computer animated film. Okay. And Baymax is the star of that movie. I don't care who you put around him in the voice parts he's, or what happens around him he's the star he is the star and in these shorts on disney plus uh it's just baymax okay. and he's walking around he's he's a 
he's a health care robot, health and support robot. Oh, okay. So if he hears somebody is injured, they say, ow, or oh no, or something like that, he will respond. Okay. Doesn't matter if he knows the person or not. Um, and I, I've seen the first three uh, of these. One is uh, a young, uh, um, uh, his, his owner's mother runs a coffee shop and she trips over a ladder and, and injures her ankle. And Baymax does what he can to run the coffee shop in her absence, Okay, but he's slow. And she keeps sneaking downstairs and he keeps carrying her back upstairs. Um, like, you're not a fast barista, and, Baymax. And she's afraid that Baymax is going to destroy her business. Mm -hmm. But she learns, because she puts a spy cam on her cat and sends the cat <laughs> downstairs, that all of her customers are concerned that she's not taking care of herself. And they want her to get better so that she can come back to the shop. Aww. And, um, and then she, that's she finally agrees to close the shop until her ankle feels better. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've told you the whole story of that one. Um, the second one is about a, I don't know if it's the second or the third one, but one of the other two is about an elderly woman who's afraid to swim, and Baymax help her, helps her get over that. Aww, and this it's, sounds really sweet. And it's tied to her late husband. And the third one, is the one that has created the stink. Oh, there's a stink? There's a stink. Okay. Um, Baymax is giving a lecture in a, a middle school about Band-Aids and their proper application, which takes 90 minutes because Baymax is, is, slow. is well, he's deliberate. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, and uh, this little boy and this little girl are going to perform in the talent show later in that day, but the little girl goes to the bathroom. And she's gotten her period. She's gotten her <gasps> first period. Oh. So Baymax uh, tries to help her through that, and he goes to the store and gets her uh, pads and, and uh, uh, tampons mm -hmm. because he doesn't know which she would prefer. Yeah. So he asks people sort in the like store. Sort of like that King of the Hill episode. Yes. He asks people in the store, "What's better? Which 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 is the best?" And all of these people are making all of these different suggestions. And apparently, somewhere in there of those people is, I guess, a trans person. Yeah. Um. And that is the stink. What? That it isn't the fact they're doing an episode on periods. It's the fact that for maybe a half second, there is possibly a trans person on the screen. Now, I watched that episode, and it, a gun to my head, I would not be able to tell you that there was anybody that was trans, other than possibly a male character suggests a kind of pad or tampon or maxi pad or whatever he could have daughters or something exactly or but a well, wife but apparently it was obvious but it just goes by so fast i didn't see it so okay. that has started the stink oh gosh um but anyway way these are to like, miss the forest for the trees exactly these are um at least the ones i've saw were all less than 15 minutes long 
and they're sweet and and they are actually teach a very good lesson sounds some of like, them I, like and, this sounds like something i'd actually watch with you well uh, i'll happily start over from the beginning okay um and, and i'll tell you if there's a trans person or not <laughs> if well, i can spot one uh, anyway it goes by so fast it doesn't matter yeah but uh yeah apparently Baymax, it matters to somebody well, i think we're going back to our original topic about, yeah, yeah whatever so uh if you have disney plus i highly recommend you watch baymax very short uh animated uh films and i i, I loved all that i saw so far cool you and i watched deadliest kids on discovery plus yeah we did <sighs> makes me kind of glad that we didn't have any uh, it's about children who, at least for the three of the four episodes, kill other children. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the fourth episode, they kill a, an older man. Yeah, supposedly psychopathy can't be diagnosed in children. Well, uh, yeah, there's there's some, some really awful crimes Horrible. that are discussed. Uh, there's very little in the way of... Um, recreations very very short part mostly it is uh, interviews interviews with the relatives or the cops uh -huh. who um, were involved who, who in the were cases. involved in yeah so uh, if true crimes your thing uh, you could do worse than deadliest kids on Discovery Plus true we watched um, Cristela Alonzo middle classy a stand-up <laughs> comedy special on Netflix and uh, Cristela Alonso is a Latinx um, stand-up comedian, and uh, I thought she was very funny. Um, she's not like guffaw, laugh out loud, mm -hmm. pee my pants funny for mm -hmm. me, but um, I like her. Now, um, juxtapose that with Joel Kim Booster, Psychosexual, also on Netflix. I did not much care for and it has nothing to do with his well has nothing to do with the subject of his material which a lot of it is drug taking and uh random sex hookup apps uh, he's he's openly gay and um and all of that a lot of it i just didn't find it very funny for me his delivery is kind of forced well and kind of contrived and it, it sounded very amateur like the, the the you know somebody who's an open micer, not somebody who gets an hour on Netflix. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Uh, the crowd was enjoying it. I did enjoy when he was picking on people in the audience, like the the white straight male who yeah. was representing all white straight men. There were some funny moments. Yes. But overall, it was just a little too rehearsed for me. Well, all stand-up is rehearsed. Well, but, but you know what I mean. Well, but to me, it sounded amateurish. Yeah. I just, um, and I know I say it too, but if he, if I heard him say, um, one more time as he ended uh, what he thought was funny uh, to get him to the next uh, bit, um, I was, I was, I was going to throw the TV out the window. And he has a really bad haircut with like really short bangs. It's like, I'm sorry, but. Well, you know, that's. You know. Maybe it's trendy. I don't know. These young people, I mean, yes. it's, it's, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Joel Kim Booster, psychosexual. I personally can't recommend you watch it, but.
but I had not never seen him do stand up before, so I wanted to to see. And now we I, have. I won't make that mistake again. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. You know, he's got that movie Fire Island on uh, Hulu, mm-hmm. and he's a co-star on a show um, on Apple Plus with, now oh, I knew I shouldn't have brought this up. I think it's called Loot, the uh-huh. show. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like an assistant or a friend of a woman who, um, don't do that. Sorry, I'm grinding down a hoof. I've got horrible cuticles. He's an assistant to this billionaire, lady millionaire, who has recently gotten a divorce and is starting over again. Okay. So anyway, but maybe he's great in both of those things, but the stand-up special didn't do anything for me. Um, I watched, I don't know if you were looking at any of this, but on Shudder, I watched a thing called Mad God. It was um, various types of animation, mostly stop action. Uh, I think I was reading. Yeah, but also there was uh, like live action that was filmed in a way that kind of made it look like stop action. Um, and I don't know what I saw. It's, it was <laughs> it was like this uh, dystopian walk through hell. Uh, that I couldn't figure out what anybody wanted to do. It is gory and gross, and there's goo everywhere, and there's this creature that looks like it has bulbous breasts on its butt. Ew. And I, 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 the guy worked on it for 30 years. Ew. He had been working to... Phil Tippett is his name. He's he's in genre films. He's heavy in genre films. Um, but he's been working on this for 30 years. And at one point, it, he said, when I heard an interview with him on, on the uh, KingCast podcast, that uh, it had put him in a, a mental institution. Or, or a, he had to check himself in for a while to recover. Sounds like the imagery would have driven him there. Uh, maybe, but I, I just really don't get it. Did not, did not, it did not click with me. I mean, I'm a horror fan, uh, but this wasn't horror as much as it just was, was horrible. <laughs> well, gross. Um, yeah, and uh, I just, I, I don't know. I. I, I, it, it went Just over my head. It. I must not be smart enough to get it. So, uh, at your own, uh, you know, I'm warning you that it's it's very odd and very uncomfortable to watch. It's called Mad God. It's on Shutter, and it was like 90 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've tried to watch Menudo Forever Young oh, on HBO Max. Oh my gosh! About the uh, uh, Puerto Rican boy band. Um, and their ever-changing cast because once one reaches 15 or 16 years old or their voice breaks, cracks. They have to get a new one. They have to get, they replace them and get a new one. So there was a revolving door of Menudo for, like, you know, years and years. There's like 25 or 30 different members of Menudo over uh-huh. the years, including Ricky Martin. Uh-huh. Um, but it reached a point like maybe 
35, 40 minutes into the first episode and the app crashed. And then I started it over again and it got to the exact same place and the app crashed. Mm -hmm. And I tried to fast forward it past that place and I played a second of it and the app crashed. Yeah. So apparently a higher power does not want us watching Menudo Forever Young. Or at least, you know, not over the weekend. <laughs> so uh, if, if you have, you know, some sort of control that I lack, then by all means watch it. I was enjoying it, you know, learning about the background and mm -hmm. all the hard work these kids did. Um, it was it hadn't got to the bad part yet. Yeah. So just it, it's going to have a bad part. Uh, that is Menudo Forever Young on HBO Max. Uh, we did watch Chernobyl: The Untold Stories on Discovery Plus about uh, behind the scenes and lost uh, archive imagery of the uh, Chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's about as depressing as, as you would think. The only, <coughs> excuse me, the only thing that wasn't depressing about that one is uh, the fact that the wildlife has moved back into this area that was supposed to be uninhabitable. Because all the humans moved away. Because all the humans are gone, but it's still highly radioactive. Mm -hmm. But these animals, their their DNA must be made of stronger stuff than ours because they are just, you know, moose and boar and, and wolves and, and all these animals that had been run out because of humans, humans are coming back and they're thriving. Now, you wouldn't want to kill one of those boar and eat the eat ribs. It. Yeah, no. I don't think, but they seem to be doing fine. So, uh, that's on Discovery Plus, Chernobyl, The Untold Stories. Uh, and that is it for what I've watched. Okay. Along, you know, along with uh, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, and... Um, the Ms. regular Marvel. stuff we yeah, watch. all the usual things yeah. we watch, so... Um, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, I guess that takes care of it. Deep diving back into Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are doing that. So, yeah. Bits and pieces. It'll, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be a long, a long haul. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We try to drop a new episode every Tuesday. Sometimes it gets moved to Wednesday. But uh, we always try to... Uh, be very consistent as far as that goes. If you have a suggestion for a movie you'd like us to watch uh, and discuss on the show, all you have to do is send us the information, the name of the movie, uh, and where we can find it and why you think we should watch it. Send that to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can, of course, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on all the podcast apps there are about a thousand of them out there uh that uh, you can uh, download comedy tragedy marriage at and we will appreciate each and every one of those for sure uh next week's my turn i have no clue what it is uh, that i will uh be uh, forcing you to watch okay but um I'll, I'll try not to make it too too painful for you Okay. I'm Stan the Movie Man. She's Maud the Movie Broad. 
Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. later. Yay!